Hello, my rebels. Today, Bill Gates is getting divorced. Good news, ladies. He's on the market again. Um, but uh, actually, I, I think we know very little about Bill Gates. And what we do know is um, probably not true. I, I think his sort of all shucks look is a clever cultivation, like Warren Buffett, to make you think he's not the one to worry about. Worry about that flashy Jeff Bezos or worry about someone else. No, I think there's deep problems with Bill Gates, and I'll go through, through some of them on today's show. Before I do, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's our TV version of these podcasts. In addition to get the video version of this podcast, you will get Sheila Gunn Reed's show, David Menzies' show, Andrew Chapito's show. Those are weekly shows. The whole thing's just eight bucks a month. So if you go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe, you can sign up right away. And you know, it helps keep us independent because we don't want to take that Trudeau money that he's offering to everybody. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Bill Gates gets divorced, but is he really who he told us he was? It's May 4th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. Bill Gates is getting divorced. He was once the world's richest man, and he's still up there, top five kind of thing. I've seen estimates that he's worth 130 billion U.S. dollars, which is pretty close to 200 billion Canadian. Hard to even imagine that. He follows in the footsteps of the world's richest man, also a tech guy, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, who recently announced his divorce for cheating on his wife. I'm so glad she took half his money, but then again, he's worth 200 billion US, which is, I don't know, a quarter of a trillion dollars Canadian, or as Justin Trudeau would call it, the cost of his promises in the upcoming election. But I understand the Bezos divorce. He was cheating, and it was revealed in a humiliating way, believe it or not, by the brother of Bezos' mistress. Who knows why Bill Gates is breaking up? He's 65 years old. He's been married for 27 years. He has three kids. Normally, I'd say these questions are none of my business. It's private. People's lives are private. Um, just because he's rich doesn't mean I have an interest in his private life. But Bill Gates published a statement about it. Let me read that to you. After a great deal of thought and a lot of work on our relationship, we have made the decision to end our marriage. Over the last 27 years, we've raised three incredible children and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable all people to lead healthy, productive lives. We continue to share a belief in that mission and will continue our work together at the foundation, but we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in this next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. Fair enough. Except that I think that some facts about Bill Gates are actually in the public interest because he is a public person who seeks to have great authority over our lives, especially in the time of the pandemic. Uh, he wants to rule us in a way, even though he's never put himself to the democratic test of an election. He's not a doctor either. He has no medical degree or public health degree, but because of his staggering wealth, he can buy a form of credential. He can buy attention 
and influence and media coverage, and it is clear that like other staggeringly wealthy men, he starts to think of himself as godlike, and that his true mission, now that he's made more money than can ever be spent, is to tell other people how to live in his image. I don't know, we might all have that instinct. I suppose I like to tell people how I think the world should be arranged every day on the show, but you can ignore me if you like. I have no real power, maybe just some influence a little bit. Bill Gates uses his money and power to influence decision makers and to push his solutions on people, and, and it's working. I find it a, a bit creepy and a bit cavalier. I mean, just listen to this. Just, just think of this. Here, we clearly need a vaccine that works in the upper age range because they're uh, most at, at risk of that. And doing that so that you amp it up so it works in older people and yet you don't have side effects. You know, if we have, you know, one in 10,000 uh, side effects, that's, you know, way more, 700,000, uh, you know, people who will suffer from that. So really understanding the safety at gigantic scale across all age ranges, you know, pregnant, male, female, undernourished, uh, existing comorbidities, it's very, very hard. And that actual decision of, okay, let's go and give this vaccine to the entire world, uh, governments will have to be involved because there will be some risk and indemnification needed before that can uh, be decided on. Oh, yeah. You know, just just I want to use the world as a giant experiment and, you know, 700,000 people get in trouble. We'll just indemnify <coughs> the global plan. I don't know. I thought that was creepy. But it's actually the least creepy thing about them. Like this. I drank water made from human feces. Here's an update on the machine that produced that water. Oh, my God. That's a real tweet. Yeah, no thanks, mate. Uh, I think I'll skip that one. He wants us all to drink poop water and eat synthetic beef. What? Do you think he does? Oh, he also just wrote a book, or had someone write a book for him, about global warming and how he's totally against global warming and how he thinks we should radically change our lives. Um, and this is his house, <laughs> one of the largest in the world. And literally at the same time as he was launching his book, he just bought into a private jet company. So that's how much he cares about global warming. But nothing beats this. A Bill Gates venture aims to spray dust into the atmosphere to block the sun. What could go wrong? <laughs> Let me read the first sentence. Microsoft's billionaire founder, Bill Gates, is financially backing the development of sun-dimming technology that would potentially reflect sunlight out of Earth's atmosphere, triggering a global cooling effect. All right. Yeah, there's no risk there. That couldn't go wrong in any way, could it? So you want to block out the sun. Now, no one ever elected you to anything. You're, you're a computer nerd. This is you and your mates at Microsoft in your element. Just let that video roll for a bit. This is you and your team. Now, I'm glad you invented Microsoft and that you helped computerize the world. I think that's a good thing. It's great. But now you want to tell us how to live and how to die and you want to black out the sun and you want us to drink poop water. And because you have 140 or 130 billion dollars, people listen to you about things like blacking out the sun. Don't block out the sun. That's not yours. 
So yeah, he's an acute interest in my life and telling me how to live and blocking out the sun for me too, not just for him. He should just put on some sunscreen if he hates the sun so much. Don't wreck it for the rest of us, you laughingstock Bond villain. I think he cultivates that nerdy thing. I think he's actually the cleverest Bond villain who appears to be a nerd to hide his true nature. I digress. I don't think any of the above is why he's divorcing his wife. She seems to agree with him on his big ideas, and it sounds like they're still going to manage his lobby groups together. I don't think she suddenly got bored of his money or his kooky schemes if she's sticking around for that part. Maybe it was, as he phrased it, how to grow together as a couple in this next phase of our lives. What does that mean? It sounds personal. It sounds cryptic. I don't know. Maybe it's this. How Bill Gates spent long weekends at the beach alone with his venture capitalist ex-girlfriend Anne Winblad every year and even sought her approval to marry Melinda in a bizarre decades-long arrangement with his wife. What? I thought that was weird. Would, would your wife approve of you having a long weekend beach getaway with your former lover every year? This actually was not a secret. The Daily Mail, as you can see, really went to town on it. But Time Magazine sort of blurted this out in their fawning story about Bill Gates back in 1997. It's almost 25 years ago. Uh, really, he was newly married to Melinda but let me read the biography of Bill Gates. Yeah, they mentioned Melinda, but boy, they sure talked about Bill Gates' ex-girlfriend. Let me read this. Another of Gates' vacation companions is Anne Winblad, the software entrepreneur and venture capitalist he dated during the 1980s. They met in 1984 at a Ben Rose and Esther Dyson computer conference and started going on virtual dates by driving to the same movie at the same time in different cities and discussing it on their cell phones. For a few years, she even persuaded him to stop eating meat, an experiment he has since resolutely abandoned. Oh, because he's telling us to abandon it. They were kindred minds as well as spirits. On a vacation to Brazil, I won't continue reading that, seriously, it's a biography on Bill Gates, who was just married for a couple of years now, but it goes on and on and on about all the wonderful things Bill Gates was doing <laughs> with his ex-girlfriend. Gates was married to his wife Melinda by now, but, but that's all in his authorized interview after they're married in Time Magazine. I think you read a little more. Even now, Gates has an arrangement with his wife that he and Winblad can keep one vacation tradition alive. Every spring, as they have for more than a decade, Gates spends a long weekend with Winblad at her beach cottage on the outer banks of North Carolina, where they ride dune buggies, hang glide, and walk on the beach. We can play putt-putt while discussing biotechnology, Gates says. Winblad puts it more grandly. We share our thoughts about the world and ourselves, she says. And we marvel about how, as two young overachievers, we began a great adventure on the fringes of a little-known industry that landed us at the center of an amazing universe. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me uh, tell you that Bill Gates and Warren Buffett are good friends. You probably know that. They've been friends, allies, business partners for decades. Um, Warren Buffett gets a lot of ink in that old Time magazine biography. You know he's so homespun, isn't he, Warren Buffett? He looks regular. He lives in Omaha, Nebraska. He drives a regular car. 
But you know, he has two wives also. I mean, you know that about Warren Buffett? Let me read this. Warren Buffett's unconventional open marriage, which allowed him to live with one woman while staying married to another, that's not a gossip tabloid story. It's, it's just the fact. Let me read. Warren Buffett started dating his second wife, Astrid Manx, while he was still married to his first wife, and neither of them minded. The Oracle of Omaha spent years in an unconventional marriage until his first wife, Susan, died in 2004. Family members said the unusual arrangement worked for all those involved. The trio would even send out Christmas cards together, signed Warren, Susan, and Astrid. You know, Ted Turner's the same way, too. He has different wives all the time. You know, the rich, they're different from us. They have money. But when you're that rich, I mean, Ted Turner rich, Warren Buffett rich, Bill Gates rich, Jeff Bezos rich, you don't just have money, you have total power over everything and everyone around you. No one can say no to you. No one dares to say no to you. No one would ever criticize you. You could truly start to believe that you are a god because every problem falls away. People just do what they think you want them to do but without even asking. Unless these ultra-billionaires are... I suppose, religious, unless they voluntarily submit themselves to a higher power, they are the higher power wherever they go. They are treated like gods. And they start to act a little bit like gods, especially the Greek gods, to whom women and men were just things, chattels, toys, playthings, whatever. I mean, imagine wanting to blot out the sun. Back to Bill Gates, Uh, what was he doing hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile extortionist? Why did Bill Gates keep hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein even after Epstein was revealed to be a child sex predator? What was it that kept Bill Gates coming back? Hmm. Are all these things a coincidence? Bill Gates... Warren Buffett, Jeffrey Epstein, and all these people know each other, these globalist billionaires. Who knew about this stuff? Well, this one reporter knew about Epstein, and as she said on a hot mic moment when she thought the cameras weren't rolling, she wasn't allowed to talk about it. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, First of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, Then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will say, oh, that we that also quashed the story. Yeah. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Yeah, you know, there are conspiracy theories out there, especially on the Internet. I see them every day. And I keep saying to our people here, don't be a conspiracy theorist. No need to speculate on how bad the world is. No need to make things up. What we know and can see and can prove is bad enough. 
Don't go looking to gin up controversies. What people are really doing is news enough. How about let's cover that first? But the thing is, so many conspiracy theories about billionaire pedophiles and bigamists and cover-ups, just the kooky far-out stuff, well, didn't Epstein prove half of it true? And the allegations of children in Hollywood being devoured by millionaire or billionaire pedophiles, here's a terrifying picture of a young child actress named Emma Watson. She was actually in those uh, Harry Potter movies being gripped and held and dominated by Harvey Weinstein in public. Look at that look on her face. He's the great filmmaker, the great Democrat Party fundraiser, the great male feminist. Didn't they all know? Of course they all knew. I think Tom Cruise tried to talk about it a bit in a movie he made called Eyes Wide Shut. Here's another uh, Hollywood type, Courtney Love, a musician and widow of the musician Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. Here she is talking about it years and years ago. Look at this clip. Hi, Comic Central. Do you have any advice for a young girl moving to Hollywood? Um, I'll get lively with this. Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private party and enforce the Oh, they all knew. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was just a conspiracy. What does any of this mean? What does it have to do with Bill Gates? I'm not sure. I don't really understand it all. Remember when Alex Jones, the Texas journalist, got his big scoop 20 years ago? He sneaked in to a private conclave in California, like a summer camp for billionaire insiders, politicians, tycoons, called Bohemian Grove. Have you heard of that? He sneaked into this elite getaway with a camera, and he filmed this bizarre ritual. I don't know. I, I think it's sort of a camp for billionaires who think they're gods or want to be gods, go to meet each other. It's a, it's a real Republican Party hangout, or at least it used to be. I think Stephen Harper went one year. I think people who think they are gods are dangerous because really they worship themselves. They think they're above us and above the law, above the rules, above morality, and in many meaningful ways, they sort of are. How did Jeffrey Epstein walk free for so long? How did Harvey Weinstein go free for so long? What did Bill Gates do so many times with Epstein? How, how could these people be reined in? Would you want to be a beat cop investigating them? You're investigating a billionaire. How, how long until you were reassigned, disciplined, fired, transferred, told by the chief to, you know, do something else with your time? Bill Gates is getting divorced, sorry for the kids, but they're actually adults now. But it's just a reminder, we know nothing about these demigods that's actually true about them. Nothing that they don't want us to know about them. And even that small glimpse is troubling enough. Stay with us for a moment.
remember Pastor James Coates. He was the pastor of the Grace Life Church in Parkland County, just side of, outside of Edmonton, and he would not bend the knee to the government of Alberta that restricted his ability to have a church in real life as opposed to people watching via Zoom. So week after week, the police came to the church, but alas, he would not allow them in. So one morning before the church was even open, the police came by the dozen, erected a fence around the property, and have occupied it around the clock 24-7 ever since, turning it into an armed military garrison, paramilitary, heavily armed RCMP. They've set up their latrines and their perimeter. It's like a little army base in Afghanistan, expropriating the church and not giving it back. Well, while the church is expropriated by the government, something that I must say is more affiliated in my mind with communist China or the Ayatollahs of Iran, the pastor himself is back on trial for refusing to bend the knee. I say he should simply just call his church a Costco or a Walmart or a liquor store, and then it would be open. Joining us now is Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter who has been following the trial of James Coates, and she's on a very quick break right now from the trial. Sheila, thanks for joining us. Hey, Ezra, thanks for having me on the show. Well, of course. So you're participating in this trial, but it's not a normal trial. For example, trials are conducted by Zoom or a version of Zoom all the time. But this, weirdly, you can only participate or watch it by telephone, and they're keeping the identity of the prosecutor secret. I think that's why they're only allowing people to listen instead of to watch. That's so bizarre. I've never heard of that before. Can you confirm for me that they're keeping the identity of the prosecutor a secret. Is that true? They are. Um, it's my understanding that it is the same prosecutor that kept her identity secret during the bail appeal hearings. Oh, what's her name she, again? Karen Thorsrud. Karen and back then she argued that um, Pastor James was such a threat to the community at large that he should face bail conditions that violated his charter rights, as in his freedom of religion. Um, those were her bail conditions. In the meantime, the very same facility that housed Pastor Coates, the Maximum Security Edmonton Remand Center, it's never been easier to get bail there if you're willing to just stand up and lie to a judge and say you're going to be a good guy. Mm -hmm. uh, they released hundreds of prisoners from that same facility under Karen Thorsrud's watch because apparently the coronavirus was too deadly for them to be exposed to there. Now, and I should note, Pastor James Coates, his church has operated at capacity for 37 straight weeks without a single instance of coronavirus until the province seized control of the property and took it from them. Now, that hasn't stopped them from meeting, but that was the only way that the government thought that they could crack down on this church. They locked up their pastor. That didn't work. So then they stole the facility from them, and the church continues to meet elsewhere, underground, a hmm. secret church in the Western world. Now, I, I point out the fact that this prosecutor, Karen Thorsrud, is trying to do this in secret, that they're having this bizarre system where the public can listen with their ears but not see. I think uh, this is what they would call a stitch-up, which is obviously, I mean, I've met uh, 
the, the church members, I've attended that church one weekend. They are as gentle as lambs, and uh, they are not confrontational, of course. The pastor literally turned himself in to the police department on his own volition. Pa- pastor Arthur Pavlovsky in Calgary is a little louder and more bellicose. Pastor James Coates couldn't be more submissive to authority. He willingly took the 35-day prison sentence. It was as if they gave him the yep. keys. He could leave any time as long as he just promised to shut down his church. So my point of uh, reciting how gentle he is is that this whole drama queen move by Karen Thorsrud, oh my God, your honor, you know, I prosecuted the mafia, I prosecuted murderers, I prosecuted terrorists, but nothing like this. Please, your honor, don't say my name, Karen Thorsrud. Let me be secret and don't let anyone see me. I'm worried about these Christian terrorists. That's really what this is. This is a dramatic effect to try and poison the well against the gentlest pastor around by a prosecution that is motivated by anti-Christian bigotry. That's how I see it. What do you think? The prosecutor is not the only one succumbing to this um, victimhood as virtue philosophy that's perpetrating itself in our justice system. The um, Alberta Health Services inspector who routinely harassed and interrupted church services through her own admission. She submitted evidence of her own crime, I guess, um, at trial, uh, a video that she took during Grace Life Church services when she was inside the building surveilling them, and also a picture that she took. Her name is Janine Hanrahan, and she said that, and she admitted when she was being cross-examined by uh, Leighton Gray, one of Pastor James Coates's attorneys or lawyers, that she started bringing police with her to the church because initially she didn't do that. But she started bringing police with her to the church because of the media attention that was being directed at the church once Alberta Health Services got involved. Not that she felt threatened by anybody who went to the church at all. So was it to impress the media or to send a narrative to the media or to or the media wanted it? Like, I don't understand uh, the media. So you bring police if you want to protect yourself. And she says she felt no fear. You bring police if you want to intimidate someone. That's certainly evident. And you bring police if you want to put on a drama queen show. Is that last one, like when you say because of the media, what does that mean? Because they told her to or because they wanted a spectacle? I think because she was putting on a spectacle. Now, she wasn't entirely clear, um, and I'm probably inferring a bit here, but she testified that when Leighton Gray asked her what changed, why did you start bringing the police? She said the media attention changed. Was it political theater for the media? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's what, so am I, bizarre. what else am this I is, supposed to infer? You know, the rule of law means no one is above the law and no one is below the law. And they, you've told me several things already that tells me that Grace Life Church is below the law here, that they interrupt the church in violation of Section 176.2 of the Criminal Code, that they harass the church, they harass the church, and they admit the church doesn't harass them back. But for shock and awe, she brings cops to delight the media. And finally, that they're keeping the identity of the prosecutor secret. We don't have secret prosecutors in Canada. If you're suing, if you're prosecuting the mafia or the terrorists, if you need protection, you get protection. You don't get to be anonymous. I think it's a sign 
uh, that this prosecutor knows what she is doing is shameful, and for the court to go along with it is shameful. They should be ashamed because they, and, and here's the crazy thing. Pastor Coates is on trial again today, second day. I think they're going to arrest Pastor Pavlovsky, Arthur Pavlovsky in Calgary. And Alberta, my home province, motto, Fortis et Liber, strong and free, will be the place of not one but two pastors in jail. I don't know of any other jurisdiction in a free democracy anywhere in Europe, in America, in Australia. I don't know any democracy in the world that in this lockdown has jailed one pastor, let alone two. And to have secret trials and secret affidavits, as has been done to Pastor Pavlovsky, is such a disgrace. I'm so angry about it. You're live tweeting this. Where can we, where can we catch your updates for folks who haven't been following you on Twitter? You can find it at freepastorjames.com. And you just touched on something there, and I've got a couple minutes before I have to get it back into court. Um, they laid out the timeline today, Pastor Coates' lawyers, about when the enforcement happened to Pastor James. December 20th, directly after a sermon that was critical of the government. February 16th, directly after a February 14th sermon that was directly critical of the government. It would seem as though the only time public health was an absolute emergency that health officials had to crack down on that church was every time immediately after the church held a sermon critical of the government. Huh. I'm not surprised. I am disgusted. Alberta, once the freest province, is rapidly becoming the least free. I see the premier there talking about bringing in curfews, scolding people. We have a Fight the Fines project, and I think that Alberta is going to soon become the largest source of customers because it has the most abusive enforcement. Um, Pastor Coates has the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms helping him in court. We're representing Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky in Calgary. And in both cases, you got to wonder, where's the civil liberties groups? Where's the law professors? Where's other church and other religious leaders? Where's the rabbis, the imams, the temple leaders? Where's the other religions? In fact, I've even seen some Christian churches denouncing yep. these Christian pastors. I saw Knox United Church put out a disgraceful condemnation. Sheila, I'm glad you're in there. I got to let you go because I know you're, yes. you're just on a short break. We'll keep looking at your tweets on Twitter at Sheila Gunn-Reed and at freepastorjames.com. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Ezra. All right, there you have it. Our chief reporter, Sheila Gunn-Reed. I just don't trust a word that the media party has to say about Pastor Coates. I just don't trust one word. The only person I trust is the church themselves and, of course, Sheila's reporting. Stay with us more. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Someone with the nickname Alberta Patriot writes, they aren't conservatives. They're all in on this together. They get raises while people suffer and lose everything. I think you're talking about my monologue last night where I showed the conservative critic on heritage departments or free speech stuff was actually calling for the liberals to go harder and harder until just a moment ago. They are in on it together because they're all, all in the political establishment. And they did all get massive raises two years in a row on April 1st, April Fool's Day. They gave themselves raises to years in a row. Do you think they earned that raise? Svern writes, conservative in name only. I regret there's truth to that. Riz writes, 
They are coming for him, Pastor Arthur, because they can. Kenny is mad because there was a stampede in Bowdoin outside. Hinshaw is running the show. That's the thing. Like Bill Gates, no one voted for these public health bureaucrats. It's just no one did, but they seem to be commanding our country. I keep looking south to places like Florida to see that normalcy can return. We're making a political choice in Canada not to return to normalcy. And the worst part of it is it's the conservatives who are holding the line in Alberta, Ontario, places like that, Manitoba. Every conservative party in Canada, both in power and in opposition, is deeply into the lockdowns, and I think it's a disgrace. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.